0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Linnert. You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. I'm also the author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Life. And today I have a husband and wife team on, um, Noelle and Robert Peterson. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Kimberly. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm going to actually read Noelle's bio first so you can get to know her and then I'm going to read Robert's. So Noelle Peterson is the author of Dream Life Planner, move from tired and overwhelmed to free and empowered and co-founder of Add Value to Life Coaching. Noelle helps women awaken their dreams and design a path to reach them. Noelle served in Christian ministry as a missionary. She began her own entrepreneurial journey after 13 years in ministry and nine years in government. She aims to help women who want more out of life. Noelle is a speaker, trainer, author, and coach. She uses her skills and experience to guide women who are unhappy with where they are and seeking the path to their dreams. And Robert is the author of an Entrepreneurial mindset, mindset Shift and co-founder of Add Value to Life Coaching. Robert helps entrepreneurs shift their mindset and reach their dreams. Robert started out in Christian ministry as a church planter, pastor, and mentor. He began his own entrepreneurial journey after 20 years in ministry and aims to help individuals use the tools he's gathered. Robert is trained in conflict coaching, relationship coaching, speaking, training, and coaching. He uses his vast toolbox to coach business owners as they struggle and aim to grow their businesses to the next level. So I'm really excited to get to talk to both of you. As you started out in ministry as missionaries, and then switched over almost the opposite to you know business and entrepreneurship. So really excited to hear your story. So Noel, why don't we start with you? Tell us you know how you started out. Yeah,
1: so um, in ten years overseas as a missionary wife, but I also worked through um, a school system, you know, helping out in different areas, uh, translating and just guiding other teachers through their careers and and growth Um, worked at the church as a director of communications and helped in ministry there with uh, youth ministry and women's ministry. And again, just coaching people through the life that they have and um, issues that were going on. And then um, things changed and I was turning 40, trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, So I've spent some time over the last few years working on that myself um, and through the nine years in government work, working my way through leadership positions and just guiding and helping other, um, mostly the women, uh, work through the, uh, situations in life and issues that go on in a a workplace and at home. Um, I've spent the last few years helping Robert build the coaching business. And I left my nine to five in May of this year. Um, and, am working on helping women work through the struggles of empty nest as those kids go off to college. And we no longer are needed as that mother figure in the same way. We often tend to have an identity crisis. And uh, I want to help women be prepared and work through those feelings and emotions and um, be ready to be the woman that
0: they are meant to be. Yeah, it is a really big shift when you're going from that to, okay, I have no one to take care of. What do I do with myself? Right. So, yeah. So, Robert, why don't you tell us your story?
2: Yeah, so, uh, she she said we're so quick. Like, her time in Columbia, like, she just worked at the school. But it's fascinating that during our time in Columbia, when our daughter went into kindergarten, she was a teacher's aide. And when our daughter left there in eighth grade, Noel was the secondary principal, so she'd earned her degree in education, her master's degree in education, and and had worked at the school from being a teacher's aide all the way to being the secondary principal. So she made it sound so simple. I think uh, she needs to give herself a little more credit. <laughs> but yeah, so I, early in our marriage, we made the decision to go into ministry and. We're led to to serve in in Colombia, so we spent a year in Costa Rica learning Spanish. Um, I recommend you learn it when you're younger instead of as an adult because it's very complicated and challenging, and and you need to take a lot of naps. Um, so <laughs> our son our son was born in Costa Rica. Our daughter was two while we were there, and then. You know, we moved to Colombia and spent nine years, you know, living in Colombia and really coaching Colombian pastors. Um, they're really good at preaching and teaching. They love to share the Bible and share God's word, but had no um, business foundation to to understand the the processes and systems necessary to treat a church like a business. And so that's where our work came alongside of them, and and helped them. Make the church more like a business, operate it in in you know with some of those business tools that are necessary for tracking people and and tracking money and and just uh, being intentional about the way you're using your resources. And uh, we had the opportunity to to leave Columbia at the end of the ten year our ten year plan and the church that sent us hired me as their pastor of outreach and so I was responsible for their connections to all their missionaries all around the world and. And was really took advantage of that opportunity to transition from a transactional model where the church just sends a check and the missionary sends a report to actually try to build relationships. And so I traveled to every missionary at their home site and you know, stayed in their home and, and saw their work in ministry firsthand
0: mm-hmm. and,
2: and really wanted to establish a relationship so that when they're struggling, when their ministry's you know, facing a challenge, in a transactional relationship, they're concerned that if they report a challenge or concern that the check would stop. But if they're in a relationship and they know that the church has got their back, then the church can say, Hey, we're going to help you. We want to be the support for you. And, and it's challenging in ministry because many times when leaders, when leaders face struggles, there's a fear that they'll lose their job. They'll lose their, you know, their way of life. And, And for missionaries living overseas and supporting their family, that concern is amplified by the fact that they have no family or resources to fall back on. And so I felt that it was really important to start transitioning that model and, and making it possible. And so it was really a coaching situation as well, changing that structure, but really, you know, leaning into their lives and showing that, you know, we're concerned about you, we want to help you, we want to work alongside you and not just be a, a name on a sheet of paper that's sending you money every month. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was really my dream job. It was, it was exciting. It was encouraging. And we had great things going in, in all those relationships. And my, my mentor of 20 years, the, the boss stepped out of his leadership role and the church hired a new leader. And pretty much all of our jobs went away over the course of a year. And so my job went away and I'd gotten certified. Noel, Noel and I both got certified as John Maxwell uh, speaker, trainers and coaches and so that kind of laid the foundation for jumping into the business world out of ministry. And it took me about a year because I thought I'd do corporate training, do leadership, um, communication in in corporations and teams. And, and I really just turns out I don't really like working for those folks. And so not that there's anything wrong with them. I just it wasn't a really good fit. But entrepreneurs who have an independent spirit, they they're out there on their own. A lot of them are working alone. A lot of them feel like they, they got to tough it out. They got to do it on their own. They can't tell anybody about their struggles. They can't share, you know, the things that are going on. Turns out they're a lot like missionaries. (laughs) And so I, I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs. And so um, we've been doing that since 2018 or 2019 that we, we had the company since 2018, but 2019, we really focused on, on entrepreneurs and, And that's really what led to to writing the book was there's so many of these entrepreneurial lessons that we don't learn in school. And so I started writing my book just for the sake of sharing those lessons with my children that say, look, these are the things I didn't teach you because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that I I actually wrote my book between Christmas and New Year's this last year. And uh, January 5th, I met with a publisher. By February 12th, we had 200 print copies. So I had our first um, 200 copies and. So that's just kind of been a whirlwind uh, between our podcast that we host and, and the book, we've just created a bunch of relationships and momentum and connection. And and it's just, uh, it's fun to serve people and help people grow.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. And I'm just curious, how did you meet? And how did you get together? How is that story?
2: You just asked me, Yeah. Uh
0: I often
1: will like to just say parts, and you know, make this go on for a long time. But we met at a truck stop where I was working, um, and was going out with some friends after work because I had uh, was trying to to leave a a, a not great situation. Um, but I was breaking, you know, broken up and was trying to move on. So I was uh, trying to get some girls to take me out.
2: Yeah, so I went to the truck stop to meet some friends from high school who happened to be her co-worker and we all ended up at denny's afterwards and i think her and i spent like three hours three to four hours talking at the denny's after the friends abandoned us there on purpose you <laughs> know
1: and, and i didn't get up work till 11 that night so it was a very late night
2: we were much younger then. <laughs> yeah
1: it it was a uh, it was not love at first sight or anything like that i I was just out trying to, you know, change, you get my mind off of things, and I went home thinking, "All right, that's over with, you know, let's move on." And until I had the phone ring, and I knew the minute the phone rang, it was his break at work, Because he had said when his breaks were, and I knew it was him. And um, and the rest is history, really. We, you know, we've spent every, pretty much every day together since. Mm-hmm. That is that, beautiful. <laughs> that was that was March
0: ninety one. Okay. Okay. And then once you were married and you're starting, you know, thinking about family, what was it that made you decide, okay, we want to go into, into ministry?
2: Yeah. So I, we'd gotten involved after we spent the first few years just searching, right. Figuring out what kind of job, where can we support ourselves? Where are we going to live? We tried some things, tried to go to Florida to chase a, chase a money dream. dream. And, and uh, we got pulled back to to Colorado, where we live, and, and really, at the time, moved in with her grandma, because there was nowhere else for us to go, and so we ended up living with her grandma, and going to her grandma's church, and I bugged the pastor with questions about the Bible, about stuff, and he finally, after a few months, he said, you know, I've got this program that I do this discipleship, and I meet, we meet once a week, and we meet for a whole year, and we read different books, and we do different things, and and he invited me to participate uh, with him in that. And about six months into that, um, I was pretty convinced that I needed to go into full-time ministry as as a career. And and of course, that meant I had to go back to college and, and finish school and just lots of things things had to happen. But I was able to do three years worth of college and two calendar years. And and uh, just mm-hmm. a lot of good things can happen when you have a purpose and a vision. No,
1: we, we were both volunteering at the our church's vbs the vacation bible school that year it was um 96 i was what six seven months pregnant um with our first child and robert was uh, the lion from daniel in the lion's den running around being a crazy man all week and i mean it, it fits him it's just that's, but it's all good um, but I, he had plans. So they always did this closing program at the end of the week and the missionaries give a talk and they talk about everything they would learned, learn and the kids get to, you know, have a, this fun time. And so I went to that meeting or that presentation or whatever you want to call it. And he went off to rafting, I think with big brothers, big sisters program. And, um, and I came home from the presentation by the missionaries like, they're they're not here just raising support they're looking for other missionaries to go um and so we had a, a short conversation that that was something we both were interested in we met with that, that couple when they were back in a in a town close to us a couple weeks later um, filled out the paperwork and we spent two years talking with them and with other agencies to to find the right fit
2: which was the two years i was in school so mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was a matter of, I mean, God really led, led the way, even for us to Mm -hmm. choose, choose Colombia because we were supposed to do our internship in Argentina, and we've still never been to Argentina, so.
0: (laughs) Wow, and just, um, you know, talk about your faith. What's the importance of faith, and what is the the importance in your life?
2: Oh, well. I mean, I think, you know, God rescued us and, and we both grew up in the church and grew up as, as Christian kids. And, but certainly when we met, we were not, um, faithful and not necessarily interested in And in, we weren't I, attending anyway. Yeah. We weren't going to any church and, and, and I think, you know, finding the the church and, and learning more about Jesus, learning more about God and, and what God wants and, um, just transformed our lives and then we want you know share that transformation with others and and really our business is just the continuation of that you know we we continue to um, spirituality is a huge part of the work that we do and not that everybody has to be a believer in in our faith but they need to have an openness to the idea that you know this is this is a created world and and the creator cares about you and the creator wants you to have success and whether you call that creator god or not i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to force that you know but but the idea that obviously this this greatness this abundance around us and and the really strong part of that is that that god is for you not against you god wants you to do great things god wants um god has great expectations right he's and I believe he's created each one of us for a purpose. And when you can find that purpose and and align that purpose with the work that you're doing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: incredible things can happen. And, and it's not about money. It's not about, it's about impact. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, what, what is the legacy that you can create and, and leave that, that surpasses this, this short little blip of life that we, you know, that we have in this body.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And, um, so Noel, yeah, your husband was talking about how, you know, when you guys were actually on the mission field, how you would just fill in wherever they needed you at the school, at the church, wherever they needed you, you were filling in and, and you know, just being that support. And then um, you came back from there and, and now here you are and you're not having to fill in for other people. So how did that feel? How was the difference in always being the support to, oh, I'm my own, I can do whatever I want now. I can actually, you know, go forward with my ideas. Yeah, I think that's part of the identity crisis that in for me, for sure, I
1: spent probably 20 years plus doing whatever role, or whatever job was needed. On the mission field, the school needed a teacher. So, okay, let's teach. Um, the final year I said, okay, I'll give you you know, this much amount of time. I can teach this class or you, know, you tell me where you want me. And the director came back and said, well, I got all the teachers I need, but I don't have a principal. So, okay, we'll be a principal this year. But even when we came home, the church needed somebody in the office. Okay, we're gonna do the office. Um, they needed somebody in youth ministry. Okay, let's help with youth ministry. Um, the job I took at the state was entry level, but it was a 40 hour benefits. I mean, it was, it just fit the time of life I had, um, but it was very much, that's what needed done. I, I didn't ever look for anything for me. If I look back to when I was a child, I wanted to be a stewardess, put me on a plane, put me in travel, what, whatnot. I, I wanted to just go. And that has, it's kind of fit in with the missionary world. Um, and even now with our, with the business, being able to travel and um, do book launches and whatnot across the States, it's, it's great, but it's part of that transition for me of moving out of the roles that society has placed on me and, you know, mostly mom, but the missionary and pastor wife and all of that, and trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do. And I've spent a lot of that time this year working on who do I want to serve and what can I best leave this world with how can I help other women have a marriage of 30 plus years and kids that are loving
0: and faith following beautiful so when you're working with women um how do you approach that like what are some of the questions you ask them right off the bat or how do you actually start working with them
1: and it, it's you got to evaluate where you're at but and then work on what, what is that dream that's underlying and you know in your core? Cause most, I want to say probably most people not, not naturally are in the job is their dream. They're taking a job. And maybe it you know aligns with what they really want to do, but sometimes it's just, this is the job that I've had for all these years. What do I, you know, how do I change or how do I, you know, the dream gets pushed aside. Mm-hmm. So it's taking some time to dive in. If I could snap my fingers, Where would your life be in two years, three years, five years and evaluate what those dreams really are if nothing else mattered if I could make everything happen. What would your life look like, and then work on the path uh, and what changes need to happen, which normally isn't
0: horrible it's just making you know once you set that dream, you want to work for it. Exactly. You don't know where you're, you know, which direction to go until you know where you're going. So right. once you actually help them find that, then they have a direction. So that makes total sense. And then now, Robert, you work more on the with the business people, but you're also working. I know with mindset. Uh, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. So I think all of us have stories, right? We have stories that we've told ourselves from our childhood, stories that were told to us that we repeat in our heads you know, from childhood stories, we don't even know that we're telling ourselves from our childhood. And, and so really, a a big part of what I do is help people rearrange those stories, right? Find, find out how those stories in their past are holding them back, their stories about money, their stories about their capabilities, their stories about what's possible. And then look at their present, right? And, and just add that self belief in that confidence that that they can do the things right so the story they tell themselves about who they are now but most importantly is the story about who they want to be and and who that what impact that person that they want to be can make and so really helping them tell a new story about their future and then of course help them take the steps necessary to to become that story that that they're telling themselves and and so really it it it's a lot of back to the future kind of idea right we're going back into your past and i can't change i can't change the way your parents mm-hmm. treated you or, or your parents talk to you or but i can help you change how you tell yourself that story right and and many times we tell ourselves those stories in from the viewpoint of the victim and mm-hmm. and, and and that's depowering right that takes away our power it takes away our strength and it takes away you know but the ideas that we have about money and the ideas we have about how the world works. And if we can transition some of those things to, you know, God is for you, not against you, right? Many people in that victim state feel like, you know, God's punishing me. I don't deserve it. I'm not going to have anything good. I'm just stuck. Whereas telling yourself that story and starting to recognize, you know what? God does love me. Look at these things God's done for me. Look at these things that are happening around me. And, and God really does want me to be successful. God wants me to make more money so that I can have a bigger impact, right? I can make a bigger contribution to my church family. I can make a bigger contribution to the causes that are important to me. And God wouldn't plant those seeds of those causes being important, right? Maybe it's homelessness, maybe it's the dogs, maybe it's all these important things that are being done by nonprofits, but those charities need money. And the only way they're gonna get money is if the people who's got that on their heart are out there making tons of it so that they can give it to them and support them and make those charities even bigger and more effective. And then of course starting new charities to solve the newer problems. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, it's just helping people see their life in a different, you know, from a different perspective and, and borrow some belief. You know, I'm not a big fake it till you make it fan, but I'm I'm a big believer in, you know what? I believe in you, I see your potential, and I'm gonna come alongside you until you see it in yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. And it really is what we focus on. Like, you know, you were talking about, well, focus on the things that God has given you like, and, you know, just being grateful. is just huge. Just knowing, you know, what you're grateful for. Cause I don't know about other people, but I've been in times when, you know, just, you just wake up in the morning and you had a rough night because you had been thinking about whatever problems you were having the day before and, you know, I'll get out and I'll just start naming little things, sometimes even that, you know, my bed's comfy, you know,
2: <laughs> just, just that I have air to breathe, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the starting point, but gratitude is so powerful. Grati- and and I don't think we, people, don't, there's two things that I think are more powerful than than people imagine. And the first is gratitude and the second is a smile, but, but gratitude will, You can use gratitude in any moment to change your attitude, to to stop an emotion from taking over, to stop uh, anger from, you know, it just changes your focus, right? Because you focus on what you have than what you don't have. And so often we're caught up in focusing on what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have. And gratitude is so powerful in making that happen and having a gratitude, um, practice every day is so powerful right just giving thanks and whether you give thanks to god or not it's just just i'm grateful for right the air in my air in my lungs i'm grateful for my home i'm grateful for my children you can just go on and on and and, and not stop but in moments of of anxiety and stress you can stop that anxiety and stress in its tracks by focusing on something that you have instead of something that you don't have and then, of course, the power of a smile. I think a smile relieves endorphins and, and dopamine and oxytocin that are so powerful to, to help our body. The body's designed to receive those. Um, but so many people spend their days in anxiety and stress, and their body's getting into fight and flight mode and dumping cortisol and adrenaline into their body. And those chemicals are made for you to run away. Those chemicals are made for you to fight. And most people are sitting at their desk or they're sitting on the couch and those chemicals are just sitting in their body going, Mm -hmm. and it takes takes eight hours for a man's body to process the cortisol and adrenaline out. Mm -hmm. It takes 24 hours for a woman's body to process those chemicals Mm -hmm. out. So if you put yourself into fight and flight because you're stressed out, you're full of anxiety, you're worried about stuff, you're living in fear, that stuff is staying inside your body and, and making it just a mess. And you're not experiencing the chemicals that you're supposed to experience when you smile and you experience joy and they lift you up above to those higher emotions and those higher mm. vibrational frequencies of joy and love and peace. And, and I think so many people, we I mean, we've got an epidemic of depression in our country and it's because people haven't been taught how to experience joy. They haven't been Taught how to experience these positive things, and and we've been taught this idea that the power of positive thinking is just woo woo, you know, all well, that's woo woo stuff that that doesn't work. And 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 I'm sorry, but science is proving over and over again that it does work, and it is super powerful. It is a superpower that you can control your emotions, and that you can control this feeling, and you can control how this body is reacting and, and working with your mind and, and more and more people need to hear it and more and more people need to apply it into their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Now there, are there any things that either of you do like on a daily basis, like a morning practice or just some, some people aren't morning people, they're night people, but you know, some things that you do every day that just set the tone for your day or that make keep you centered or keep you motivated in your life. Yeah, we,
1: we get up, um, we try to get up about five every morning to try and get some stuff done before the life day gets busy. Um, part of that includes reading our Bible every day. We, we try to do the Bible in a year. so there's you know three or four chapters every day to, to focus on and um, evaluate. Um, and then journaling. I, I write at least a page, if not several pages a day, um, trying to do more, but of just brain dumping and getting out what is causing the anxiety or whatever could be you know causing me to stress or to focus on other than what I need to do for the day. Um, it is very, very beneficial to just get it out, write it down. Whether anybody reads it or you share it with other people or not, doesn't matter. You just need to get it out of your head so you can free up space for the new thoughts and, and valuable creation that you're going to have for the day.
2: Uh, yeah. And-, and I would add to that that I, your morning routine starts with your evening routine. And so making a plan to go to bed, and, you know, the reason we can get up at five o'clock every morning is because we have a plan to go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> and <laughs> not everybody needs eight hours of sleep but we do and so our goal is to go to bed at nine o'clock and 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 just set ourselves up to get a good night's sleep and that includes you know some time with affirmation some time with just a few confirmation statements and even gratitude in the evening is is really powerful right mm-hmm. plant a seed for what i'm working on the next day because then my mind my subconscious can spend the whole night working on that and sometimes it wakes you up and sometimes your brain's going ha ah, ha what i got all these ideas guess what you got to wake up and write them down sometimes that happens but those are good things right really uh-huh. trying. the brain is trying to work for you and give you the answers to the things you're looking for but like Noel said when we wake up you know we do start with the positives and some of the things that i add to the our bible time and journal time is is affirmations
0: Okay, I'm just curious. What kind of affirm? Can you give us examples of affirmations? Day reminding like?
2: myself of those positives, then it 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 really does establish that self belief and that confidence, and doesn't allow the world to to beat it up. And you know, two other things that we're committed to that's really important in that is that we don't watch the news and we don't you know go go scrolling through Facebook, looking through all the negative. We don't. We're very intentional about what we add to you know to our mind and what we allow in there and that includes the relationships that we're in we choose relationships that are going to lift us up and and build us up and we don't allow relationships that are going to you know i mean so i focus on on like the areas in my life you know so for a period the money mindset were some of the issues that i would i would address right so i'm worthy i'm i'm deserving i'm you know i'm i'm a good investor i'm I'm using my money well. I'm tithing and and contributing, you know, with with the money. And so set some of those things up that, that the ministry and and my faith in the beginning made challenging, right? Because missionary work is is really a lot about poverty mindset and 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 you get stuck in some of those places. <laughs> and so those were areas that I really needed to develop my self-belief and, and my worthiness. And then, you know, just the confidence in, in what area I'm growing in, right. As, as a coach. So, you know, I'm a transformational coach and and my clients experience, you know, life transformation and, and I can lean in and be confident in, in those areas. And so really it's, it's addressing some of the stories that I've told myself over the years and making sure that, that I, I attack those, you know, before they become my truth, right? I'm changing, I'm changing the way I feel about myself by reminding myself of what is true.
0: Beautiful. So um, have you ever had any challenges that really, really uh, affected, um, you know, you, your, your marriage? i <laughs>
2: I mean, obviously, like we've been together thirty years. It's not all been you know cupcakes and <laughs> yeah, <that's very laughs> true, true. Um, but but for the most part, we made a commitment early on to to this journey. We made a commitment that it was, you know, it's her and I against the world. It's her and I, you know, heading to this destination together. and and so when we face when we face conflict, when we're not in agreement with each other, it's not about, it's it never, it's never become a personal attack, right? I, it's mm-hmm. never been about power and control. It's always been about understanding and trying to, you know, trying to make sure we're on the same page, even when we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> even when we're not. And, and, and having this vision for something out here, something that we're, we're headed towards um, mm-hmm. has always been helpful. And I think, you know, Noel had a, Noel had a near-death experience last year and, and in the, Moments of her recovery, you know, we had to cancel some trips and we had to change some things and and she apologized. She said, "I'm sorry," and and I said, "For what?" Because I didn't I didn't understand. And she's like, "I feel bad that we had to cancel this trip, and I feel bad that things might change. We might not be able to do the things that we wanted to do." And I said, "No, but this didn't change, right? This this out here didn't change. It's just you and me together, and 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 the the path is different, right?" The we, we might be going on a different way, but we're still going together. And and so that's always been our commitment to each other. And it's really, you know, kind of ties to the adventure, right? We're on this great adventure. And sometimes we're going to Costa Rica, we're going to Colombia, we've gone to Africa. Mm-hmm. Um And that's just part of the adventure. And, and we travel in the U.S. going from this state to that state. And it's just part of the adventure. And this business is part of the adventure. <laughs> and and so for us, it really is that a commitment to the adventure, a commitment to how can we serve people better and, and how can we do this together and really add value to life is about encouraging one another and building each other up. And my role as a husband has always been, how can I encourage her and make her a better wife? How can I encourage her and make her a better mother? It's never been a, a relationship where one of us is trying to have power and control over the other. It's always been a relationship of how can we raise our kids better? How can we have a better marriage and be a better example to, to others? And, and in our business, it's how can we serve others and, and elevate them and lift them up? And so it's always been about finding the best in each other and multiplying that.
0: Nice. And, and I, I think it's great the way you describe it as an adventure. I mean, if we all thought of our life as an adventure... It'd be more fun, you know. I it'd, hope so. It'd just be more fun, and maybe not so serious. And when the rougher things come, maybe we could just think of it more of a challenge than this is the well, end. A, you know,
2: it's a it's a speed bump or a roadblock, but uh-huh. you might change direction, or you might have to go around it. But but it doesn't have to be ending a plan.
1: Well, I, I think that's it. Is you're you have to ha- go into it with the, the the focus and the mindset and the purpose of how you're going to come out of it. I mean, I, I just wrote a chapter for a co-authored book that's going to come out in the next couple of months. And it's the power of the positive mindset mm-hmm. and the superpower that we have to to handle what we do because of the mindset that we have with the smile and whatnot. Um, and I used my story of the ER last year as the example. I went into ER into the OR as if it was just another day, I signed my document of consent as if it was a mortgage document. Like, yep, this is just another surgery. Let's go, and I'm going to come out just fine. It wasn't a wake up and you're fine kind of situation, but um, God's hand was definitely involved in the whole thing. And you know, you do you come out of it, um, with you know, with the, the mindset that you go in with it. With
2: well, and I think that expectation and positive attitude in the healing process is is super powerful as well. And and I think her recovery showed that. And and we know we've seen other people recover that if they have a positive attitude and they have a positive expectation and they're not caught up in the pain and they're not caught up in the negativity and they're not boo-hoo in the, the, the oh no I'm sick and oh no I'm this it's no I got I got the power through this and I can I can get to the other side. This is just a hiccup and I'm not my diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a person who happens to have this diagnosis and there's a difference. And there's a lot of people, our our medical system is designed to to treat disease and, Mm -hmm. and it's focused on symptoms. It's not focused on causes. And so a lot of our system is just really just elevating disease and elevating um, these, these negative problems, rather than focusing on human beings that are out there, you know, human being, and and we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to help people recognize how powerful your brain can be in in that healing process. And we love the medical system and especially when it comes to trauma and it comes to, you know, surgeries and the things that are necessary. But there's also parts of it that are, you know, our culture is so caught on convenience and so caught on what pill can I take to get me? What pill can I take to lose this 20 pounds? What, what pill can I take to have these six pack abs, right? And, and, and we're caught up on a pill and a quick fix instead of recognizing, you know what? Maybe you're missing the six pack abs because of your diet and lack of exercise. And, and there is something you can do about it, but it does require work. Um, and our culture is so caught up in convenience instead of you know, working for some of the things that we need to take care of
0: true true so Noel, i wanted to um hear a little bit about your book so my book mm-hmm. ah. is it so dream life planner
1: so it is a short itty bitty little read and it is actually <laughs> i want to say it's only like 2000 thousand three3,000 words it is actually work it's not something you can just pick up and read in, you know in the afternoon you actually need to work through it so it's to take time figuring out where you're at evaluate what areas you of your life you want to work on? Work through that vision and dream going forward. Work through the limiting beliefs that you may have, and and the practices of daily planning and uh, g- journaling and whatnot to to make your dream a reality.
2: Yeah, I mean it really is a planner, not in the sense of a calendar planner, but in a, a planner in the intentional declaring what you want in this world, and then let's figure out what it is that you need to do to. To to get it,
1: yeah, I'm I'm big on declaring and manifest you know manifesting what you want. For mm-hmm. example, you know, example, I made a decision in March to leave my job um, at state government, and looking back, I can say the story. It wasn't intentional at the time, but we have to make a password for all of our systems, and at the time, I was struggling trying to find one that I, that the system would take because I had used everything, and I needed something new. I used Dream Life. May one, because May 1st was the day I wanted to leave my job. And I gave my resignation on April 28th, I think 20th, 29th. Um, and subconsciously made that a reality. And looking back, I can say that that's was part of the manifestation, but it wasn't intentional in it by any means, but we do need to declare what we want what we are going to lead for. Because if we don't even declare it, we can't make the steps to get there. Mm -hmm. But once we declare it and we can, you know, tell the universe that this is what we're going to do uh, everything can come in alignment with that
2: you know when you said it it's hard to get someplace if you don't know where you're going Like mm-hmm. it sounds so obvious right when you think about it in, in the form of directions if you don't know where you're going then obviously you're going to arrive there
0: exactly so um tell me about your podcast now you're doing a podcast tell us about that
2: yeah so actually it's a little crazy we we were at an entrepreneurial event pretty exclusive 100 people in the room and they were teaching about sales and and teaching about podcasts and blogging and all these ways to create an audience and this was in January of 2020 and so I declared in my journal I'm going to start a podcast and came home and bought all these microphones and this soundboard and all this equipment and you know waited until July of 21 to to start the podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I'm not a big regret person, but I certainly uh-huh. wish I had just done it. And, uh-huh. and, and so if you're listening and you've thought about starting a podcast, just do it. Like they're, they're so, <laughs> okay. they're so incredible. And I started my podcast with the intention of, I want to reach people, make connections with people that will provide information and value to my clients that won't come and show up to one of our coaching sessions, right? They, I can't call them on the phone and say, hey, can we hang out for an hour and have this conversation and let me ask you some questions. They'd be like, who are you, what? But if I call them up or I email them and I say, hey, I've got this podcast, I'm serving entrepreneurs, I'd love to have a conversation, they'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh. And, and, and 99.5% of the people that I've asked to be on the show have come on the show. Um, I've interviewed Bob Berg, who wrote The Go Giver. I've interviewed his co-author John David Mann and it, John David Mann and his wife Anna Gabrielle about their book and Mark Victor Hansen and his wife Crystal about their book. Uh, I mean, we've just connected with some incredible authors and incredible influencers. Um, we just did released our two hundredth episode. I interviewed Noelle about her journey and and her transition and and it's just uh it's been an incredible connector and. Because of the connections that I've made through the podcast, when I wrote my book, I got 10 different influencers to write uh, endorsements. You know, They've read my digital copy. And the person who wrote the forward was a guest on my, on my podcast, who I met through the podcast. And so a multimillionaire real estate investor in Utah, and he agreed to write the forward and wrote incredible stuff. In, in the forward. And so it's just been it's been crazy how much the connections and network that the podcast has created has influenced the book. And now the book and the podcast together influencing our business.
1: And I will say that I got to take advantage of the podcast because I um, offered a mastermind here this last this month. And several of the speakers that I got to speak um, over these 12 weeks came from people Robert met on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the connections are just amazing and it's so valuable.
0: It is. And that's, that's why I love doing the podcast. You meet so many wonderful people and hopefully you can meet, you know, help those people connect with people who are listening or people who are listening can connect with them. And it's, it's just, we're all helping each other. And I love that part.
2: Well, and I think that's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) I -hmm. think that's what it's really about. We were created to serve humans, right? We're all human beings created to serve other humans and and help. And I think we're created to do that in community. And so the more communities we can create, the more communities that we can influence and share. It's so I mean, the reason it's so powerful is because it it aligns with truth. Mm -hmm. You know, Some influencers said some time ago that all, you know, a tide raises all ships and Seth Godin says, but we're not ships, but but we are people. And when people connect and network, powerful things start to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it, it really, it really is amazing to see what these connections and, and relationships are, are doing. And 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 it's fun, like you said, it's fun. I've had I I interviewed somebody in Mexico, I interviewed somebody in French Polynesia this week. Like, <laughs> what I didn't even know French had a Polynesia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? It's an island out there, further away than Hawaii, and you know they speak French instead of English. I, it's yeah. It's the podcast has just been amazing and crazy and fun.
0: That is awesome. So at this point, why don't you um, each share what um, services you have, where to connect with you just how to um, get in contact.
1: Yeah, I am working on a program to help uh, struggling uh, emptiness moms. It is in the process, Um, but my book and one-on-one coaching can be found at empowertodream.com. So it's the empower, the number two dream. Um, And my socials are into R2 Peterson on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
2: Nice. Well, and my book can be found at Amazon and also on our website and our websites add value, the number two life.com. The podcast can be found at add value to entrepreneurs with the number two in there as well. So add value to entrepreneurs.com is our site for it, but you can find that podcast all over. We're on 64 different directories and channels, which is crazy and and uh, we're actually hitting the top of the charts. So in, in Germany and uh, Sweden and Sweden. Uh, one other, it's yeah, we're in the top 200. So <laughs> the podcast <laughs> they don't is climbing even speak somewhere English. in the world. <laughs> <'Cause>
0: <laughs> I, I know it's
2: crazy, <laughs> but that's the weird thing about podcasts is we're on all these directories in India, which has really you know bumped up the numbers. And mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously they speak English there, but I'm not sure how much of our our work applies applies to them, but, um, that's the place you can connect with me. We're working on, I'm creating a box. That's going to be our new, uh, short lead system is, is what we're calling a box of time and money for stressed out entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And, um, it'll have just some quick wins, some tools that you can, you know, get quick wins in your business and, and in your life and get some of your time back, get some more money coming and start to feel more comfortable with your business and and then of course I have my inner circle coaching program that is our, our high-ticket offer for a six month program. And, and that's all available on our website. So
0: beautiful. thank you. So you can each a- answer this question separately. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point?
1: I mean, for me, I just enjoy getting up because you know a year ago I didn't have that opportunity. Um <laughs> I'm still building my stamina back, but we being, a let's go back. So four years ago, when we started this coaching journey, I had put down on my desires and my dream is to be a stay at home grandma. I wanted to be the type of grandma that could take my grandkids on their outings, pick them up from school, take them on vacations and just be there for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt that was very valuable for me from when I, when I was a child, um, I forgot to include in that, that I, my stay-at-home grandma needed to be a non-working position. So when, when COVID hit, I got to be a stay-at-home grandma with a job. Um, so this year I got to adjust that a little bit. Um, I don't have, I'm not tied to the computer uh, now that I work from home and on my own. I'm, it's a little bit more flexible, but we've also uh, hired our daughter who comes with two kids so we get to see our uh, almost six-year-old grandson and four-month-old granddaughter um, just about daily. So that that is definitely a blessing and can put a smile on your face. That is a blessing.
2: I mean, and for me, it's the joy of of helping somebody through those roadblocks, through those mind blocks that that opens up the possibilities and and just helps them take their business and their life to, to a whole nother level, right? It changes their relationships. It changes their relationship with money and, and it changes the impact that they're making in the world. And, and that's, that's what I love to see.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you both for being on the podcast today and for sharing and all the positivity. I I, I love that.
2: Well, Dr. Kimberly, thank you so much for having us and giving us the opportunity to share our stories and asking such wonderful questions. Thanks. Pleasure.
0: Yeah, so I have one last question. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? I I think you guys talked about it earlier, is that gratitude. Being able to
1: be positive about what's going on in your world and your life and be thankful for what you've got, I I think it's going to take leaps and bounds and, and move you so much forward because um, you can't you can't be stuck in the muck when you're thinking ahead and thinking uh, um, of the lord or the being grateful for what you have because we, we we are so blessed with what we, we've we got in this world
2: well for me it's just take responsibility right you can choose to be responsible for your life and not be a victim if you're feeling like a victim stop and, and take responsibility and say i'm going to live differently from this day forward and then you can choose joy because if you're not a victim, you get to choose. And so choose to live the life that you really want.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Thank you. (laughs)